Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Before we start the show, I want to let you know something. My latest novel, Personal Fable, is free for the next uh, few days. So if you're hearing this ad, it's currently free if you're a Kindle user. So just look it up on your Kindle. If you don't have a Kindle, you can even get one of those for free by getting the free Kindle app on your phone. And then head over, get Personal Fable, have a read, and if you love it, leave a review. And I hope you love the story. Now, let's get on with the podcast. P.S. The promotion runs the 11th, 12th and 13th of March. Welcome back to the Hemingway List podcast for Sir Robert Ayton. Some poems about an unfaithful partner. A little bit creepy. Yeah, on the creepy side. Swim says a mama fish. He says... After reading these poems, the most important fact I could find about Sir Robert Ayton is that he died unmarried. On the 25th of February, 1638, he was 68, so no spring chicken, I'm fairly sure there were valid reasons for the ladies written about to ignore this guy, lol, I'm getting nice guy syndrome vibes here. (coughs) Nice guy syndrome being guys who... Uh, convinced that they're nice and they act nice but they only really do it with the deep deep down they're only doing it because they're trying to get the girl or impress a girl Uh, I guess is one way of thinking about it Um, I just the creepy thing for me about it was like him there was a line where it was like you know she went off and loved someone else but he will only ever love her kind of thing. Like he's better than her because he's love, you know, no matter what, he's just only ever going to love her for his whole life. And and she can go off and love other people, but she can never escape his love kind of thing. And it's like, oh, it's just eerie, immature take on romance. You know, if, if you're a teenager, you know, and it's a bit of a first love situation, um, then it's excusable because you're like, ah, oh, young love is very intense and, and one day you'll look back on that and, and, and cringe. But that's it's okay to be cringy when you're a teenager and you're still figuring stuff out, so that's okay. But the fact that he remained like that through proper adulthood... <coughs> excuse me. That's awful. That's really ugh, eerie. Um, Swim also says that um, Sir Robert Ayton is believed to have written the original version of Auld Lang Syne. Very cool. Great song. Um, Well, that's true, then he has, you know, I respect him for that. Some people are terrible romantically, but um, can be brilliant and otherwise. He wrote poems in Latin, Greek and English and was one of the first Scots to write in standard English. There you go. Acoustic Eels says, second half of the first poem starting with The Morning Rose. (coughs) excuse me, reminds me of purity talks that we sometimes give to girls, especially in some church settings. Even uses the same metaphor of a flower with leaves or petals falling off. I wonder if this poem had anything to do with that. It would certainly fit in with what Swim said about him having nice guy syndrome. He sounds like he would be an incel if he were living today. Yeah, super creepy. Now, today's poet is Ben Johnson, born 1573, died 1637, apparently quite a prolific poet because we've got 10 pages today. 
<clears throat> Excuse me. First one is called Hymn to Diana. Queen and huntress chaste and fair, now the sun is laid to sleep. Seated in thy silver chair, state in wanted manner, keep her Hesperus entreats thy light, goddess excellently bright. Earth, let not thy envious shade dare itself to interpose. Cynthia's shining orb was made, heaven to clear when day did close. Bless us then with wished sight, goddess excellently bright. Lay thy bow of pearl apart, and thy crystal shining quiver. Give unto the flying heart space to breathe, how short soever. Thou that makest a day of night, goddess excellently bright. This one's called Tusilia. Drink to me only with thine eyes, and I will pledge with mine, or leave a kiss but in the cup, and I'll not look for wine. The thirst that from the soul doth rise doth ask a drink divine. But might I of Jove's nectar sup, I would not change for thine. I sent thee late a rose, rosy wreath, not so much honouring thee, as giving it a hope that there it could not withered be. But thou thereon didst only breathe, and sentest it back to me, since when it grows and smells I swear not of itself but thee. Simplex Mundatis Still to be neat, still to be dressed, as you were going to a feast. Still to be powdered, still perfumed, lady, it is to be presumed. Thou art hid, cause I not found. All is not sweet, all is not sound. Give me a look, give me a face, that makes simplicity a grace. Robes loosely flowing, hair as free, such sweet neglect more taketh me than all the adulteries of art. They strike mine eyes, but not my heart. This is called the shadow. <coughs> Follow a shadow, it still flies you. Seem to fly it, it will pursue. So, quarter mistress, she denies you. Let her alone, she will court you. Say, are not women truly then styled, but the shadows of us men? At morn and even, shades are longest. At noon, they are or short or none. So men at weakest, they are strongest, but grant us perfect, they are not known. Say, are not women truly then styled, but the shadows of us men? This one's called the Triumph. See the chariot at hand here of love wherein my lady rideth. Each that draws is a swan or a dove, and well the car love guideth. As she goes, all hearts do duty unto her beauty, and enamoured do wish so they might, but enjoy such a sight. That they still were to run by her side, through swords, through seas, whither she would ride. Do but look on her eyes, they do light, all that love's world compriseth. But do but look on her hair, it is bright, as love's star when it riseth. Do but mark her forehead smother, smoother than words that soothe her, and from her arched brows such a grace sheds itself through the face as alone their triumphs to the life, all the gain, all the good of the elements strife. Have you seen but a bright lily grow, before rude hands have touched it? Have you marked but the fall of the snow, before the soil hath smutched it? Have you felt the wool of beaver, or swan's down ever? Oh, have smelt 
of the bud or the briar or the nard in the fire or have tasted the bag of the bee oh so white oh so soft oh so sweet is she <coughs> an allergy though beauty be the mark of praise and yours of whom i sing be such as not the world can praise too much yet tis your virtue now i raise a virtue like a lay so gone throughout your form as though that move and draw and conquer all men's love this subjects you to love of one wherein you triumph yet because tis of your flesh and that you use the noblest freedom not to choose against or faith or honours laws <coughs> but who should less expect from you in whom alone love lives again but whom he is restored to men and kept and bred and brought up true his falling temples you have reared the withered garlands taken away his altars kept from that decay that envy wished and nature feared and on them burned so just a flame with such loyalty's expense as love to acquit such excellence is gone himself into your name and you are he the deity to whom all lovers are designed that would their better objects find among which faithful troop am i who as an offspring at your shrine have sung this hymn and here entreat one spark of your diviner heat to light upon a love of mine which if it kindle not but scant appear and at the shortest view yet give me leave to adore in you what i in her am grieved to want <coughs> a farewell to the world false world good night since thou hast brought that hour upon my morn of age henceforth i quit thee from my thought my part is ended on thy stage yes threaten do alas i fear as little as i hope from thee i know thou canst not show nor bear more hatred than thou hast to me my tender first and simple years that didst abuse and then betray since stirredest up jealousies and fears when all the causes were away then in a soil hast planted me where breathe, where breathe the basest of thy fools where envious arts professed be and pride and ignorance the schools where nothing is examined weighed but as tis rumoured so believed where every freedom is betrayed and every goodness taxed or grieved but what we're born for we must bear our frail condition it is such that what to all may happen here if it chance to me i must not grudge else i may state should much mistake to harbour a divided thought from all my kind that for my sake there should be a miracle wrought no i do know that i was born to age misfortune sickness grief but i will bear these with that scorn as shall not need thy false relief nor for my peace will i go far as wanderers do that still do roam but make my strengths such as they are here in my bosom at my home the noble balm high-spirited friend i send nor balms nor corsives to your wound your hate your fate hath found a gentler and more agile hand to tend the cure of that which is but corporal and doubtful days which were named critical 
have made their fairest flight, and now are out of sight. Yet doth some wholesome psych- uh, physic for the mind, wrapped in this paper lie, which is which in the taking, if you if you misapply, you are unkind. Your covetous hand, happy in that fair honour it hath gained, must now be reined. True valour doth her own renown command in one full action, nor have you now more to do than be a husband of that store. Think but how dear you bought this fame which you have caught. Such thoughts will make you more in love with truth. Tis wisdom and that high for men to use their fortune reverently even in youth. On Elizabeth L.H. Wouldst thou hear that man can say in a little reader, stay, underneath this stone doth lie as much beauty as could die, which in life did harbour give to more virtue than doth live, if at all she had a fault, leave it buried in this vault. One name was Elizabeth, the other let it sleep with death, fitter where it died to tell than that it lived at all farewell. On Saltil Pavy, a child of Queen Elizabeth's Chapel, weep with me, all that, all you that read this little story, and know for whom a tear you shed, death's self is sorry. Twas a child that so did thrive in grace and fe- fe- feature, as heaven and nature seemed to strive, which owned the creature. Years he numbered scarce thirteen, when fate turned cruel. Yet the three filled zodiacs had been the stage's jewel, and did act what now we moan. Old men so duly as soothe the Percy thought him one, he played so truly, so by error to his fate they all consented. But viewing him since, alas, too late, they have repented, and have sought to give new birth in baths to steep him, but being so much too good for earth, heaven vows to keep him. <clears throat> a part of an ode to the immortal memory and friendship of that noble pair, Sir Lucas Carey and Sir H. Morrison. It is not growing like a tree in bulk doth make man better be, or standing long an oak three hundred year to fall a log at last dry, bald, and see him. A lily of a day is fairer far in May, Although it fall and die that night, it was the plant and flower of light. In small proportions, we just beauties see, and in short measures, life may perfect be. <coughs> Excuse me. Call noble Lucius then for wine, and let thy looks with gladness shine. Accept this garland, plant it on thy head, and think, nay, now, thy Morrison's not dead. He leaped the present age, possessed with holy rage, to see that bright eternal day, of which we priests and poets say, such truce as we expect for happy men, and there he lives with memory and Ben Johnson, who sung this of him, ere he went himself to rest, or tast a part of that full joy he meant to have expressed in this bright asterism, where it were friendship's schism, were not his Lucius long with us to tarry, to separate this twy lights, the Dioscuri, and to keep the one half from his Harry. 
but fate doth so alternate the design, whilst that in heaven this light on earth must shine, and shine as you exalted are, two names of friendships but one star, of hearts the union, and those not by chance made, or indenture, or least out to advance the prophets for a time, nor pleasures vain did chime, of rhymes or riots at your feasts, orgies of drink or feigned protests, but simple love of greatness and of good that knits brave minds and manners more than blood. This made you first to know the why you liked, then after to apply that liking and approach so one the to other, till either grew a portion of the other, each styled by his end, the copy of his friend you lived to be the greatest surnames and titles by which all made claims unto the virtue nothing perfect done but as a Carey or a Morrison. And such the force the fair example had as they that saw the good and durst not practice it were glad that such a law was left yet to mankind where they might read and find friendship indeed was written not in words and with the heart not pen of two so early men whose lines he, her rules were and records, who ere the first down bloomed on the chin had sowed these fruits and got the harvest in. Alright, that's the poems for tonight. A lot of poems tonight, but uh, pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. Alright folks, thanks for listening. Catch you tomorrow.